live and in solidarity, but six feet apart. It's the Vocal Minority Podcast. That's going to be a really wide Labor Day parade. We're just taking back the streets now. Big flags. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Vocal Minority Podcast, the podcast that is excited to actually have something to talk about um, instead of our usual, well, let's see what we can make up this. Yes, wins and losses is very real. I'm sorry, Mark. Um, On this week's episode, we do away with our usual silliness. I'm sorry, Belarus Premier League fans. Wins and losses will be back next week. Sorry. I know. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. 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 Uh, instead, we are having a very special episode uh, all about the new Canadian Football Players Union. So let's get to this week's panel. The man that makes this show run, welcome to Mark Hinckley. I mean, I did bet. I did lose very quickly. I swore at a YouTube stream and <laughs> I could have won $18, but I only lost one and I will do it again. No regrets. Fair. Missing his weekly translation duties. Say hello to Tony Walsh. I've been brushing up on my Belarusian all week. It's, Sorry, it's, it's going to be completely going to be completely forgotten by next week's show. It has to this, be better than mine. This is a travesty. Uh, busy researching players before our COVID five aside draft next week. Duncan won't be joining us. Hello. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, our very special guest, the executive director of the PFA, Mr. Dan Crook. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm very happy to be here. As for me, I'm just happy we get to do a serious show. Ha! <laughs> I am your host, Kristen Knowles. And now to this week's show. You would be. You would be. Right? Well, it's been a wild couple weeks for everyone in Canadian football land. You know, we've all been trying to adjust to the new normal in these strange times. And as football fans, it's been a struggle not being able to watch our teams play. Nothing really happening. You know, vague, oh, we're signing this player and here's how players are working out at home and that sort of thing. But it's just not quite the same. And Easter weekend was supposed to be the kickoff for the 2020 CanPL season. Instead, after we got the surprising and very welcome news that the rumored players union was no longer a rumor. This was coming on the heels, of course, of the league announcement of a 25% wage deferral for the players. Um, And yes, that was... (laughs) The timing was beautiful. The timing was beautiful and I, I believe somewhat deliberate. Uh, there's been a lot of reaction and a lot of information out there uh, over the past two weeks, uh, some of it accurate, some of it not. And of course, we here at the Vocal Minority have been discussing it at length. Uh, so instead of just talking about various interviews and articles done elsewhere, we thought we would, you know, go straight to the source. So once again, welcome to Dan Crook, the Executive Director of the Professional Footballers Association of Canada. Uh, welcome, Dan. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be able to talk about what's going on here. It seems to be so many people have many opinions. And you know what? Here, this is an opportunity for us to uh, set the record straight on a number of items. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, before we dive into it, we have a very important question to get out of the way first. Are you a footy fan? Absolutely. Absolutely. Best sport in the world. Oh. Just, you know, worm your way into our hearts more. You have my vote. Are you running for anything? You have my vote. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) All right. Well, who's your team then? We have to know who it is. Who do you support? But wait, I think think Dan deserves an asterisk. Non-CPL team. No conflict Uh, of interest for you. (laughs) Thank thank you. It would would be unfair to my membership um, to to identify one particular team. Um, But in all seriousness, um, Ajax of Amsterdam. All right. 
Whew, was, was it? I was I was worried we were gonna have to cut this short sh- the show short if it said Arsenal. <laughs> if it was Arsenal, yeah, we were. Oh yeah, if it was Arsenal, we this this interview would be over. Thanks for joining us uh, this week. We don't, we don't we don't truck with that. No. <laughs> that 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 really is it. it it's the product of a Dutch Canadian uh, uh, upbringing. Um, my folks immigrated to Canada. My dad in the in the middle fifties, and my mother. Um, it's kind of the old country trip. Uh, met my father and. They came, she came to Canada um, in the late 60s. Um, I arrived um, and it's been Ajax ever since, even though my dad's a Nazi guy. Really? Oh, Alkamar. Oh. I love yeah. it. This that, is fantastic. I, I can honestly yeah. say I've never met an uh, Aze Alkamar, Aze Alkamar uh, supporter. So uh, I'll take one uh, couple degrees separated. So that's a brilliant. We'll take, yeah, the, the, we'll take the loose Josie Altador link too. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, do you play at all, like rec league, or did you play as a kid? I, I played as a kid. Um, um, the last time I really kicked the ball around in with any purpose was uh, back in grade nine. Uh, okay. I was actually in Port Hardy Secondary. Um, okay. I uh, played primarily um, right back. I could play center back. Yes, um, fellow right back. Yeah. Um, I turned out for an old guy's um, uh, gathering um, a couple years ago, uh, promptly hurt myself, and I haven't been oh, back. Oh, no. <laughs> I feel that dog. But uh, I, I'll say this. I mean, in my head, I still play. Um, I'm often found in the arena in Amsterdam and other football And teams. you're brilliant, of course, so that's <laughs> course. all that matters, right? <laughs> okay, well, then let's dive right in. Uh, we're here to talk about the Players Football Union. So the union itself is uh, the brainchild of Marcel de Jong and Issy nakajima Farron, who were teammates on Pacific FC last year and have known each other for years through the national team, through playing internationally. Um, and, and this is all stemming from, from issues that the players observed during the inaugural season, observed and in some cases experienced. I think that's safe to say. Um, and then... You came on board, Paul came on board, and this all just started to to grow and evolve as uh, during the offseason. And now we have a fully-fledged, operating, uh, football player-driven players' union. And uh, But one of the questions that, probably the main question that you see out there a lot is... Well, this is a, a brand new league or, you know, this is such a small league or this is, why is this even necessary? Why does the league need a union? You know, just sort of uh, going back into the preamble of your question, you know, that kind of points to the timing issue. And, you know, one thing that we've heard over the last few weeks is, um, you know, it, it's it's not the right time. Um, I would say this. Um from the employer's perspective, it, it's never a good time, right? This is this is about um, the creation of space and voice for um, employees. In the case of the Canadian Premiership, you know, you know, you ask the question, why does the league need a union? Well, it's simply, players need a voice, um, and that's been particularly underscored in light of the you know Easter Monday um, announcement of the 25% wage deferral. Um, leagues affiliate with FIFA. Um, throughout the world um, were made well aware that they were directed, it was strongly recommended that leagues, um, confederations, the clubs uh, in this sort of COVID-19 world, if they were to make any adjustments to players' pay packets, that they consult um, their players, primarily um, in most cases through their player unions, their player associations. Um, Writ large, um, throughout the, I would say, the more mature uh, football world um, cultures, they went through those processes. Um, it was well known in Italy, France, Germany, the Netherlands, um, elsewhere, particularly the PFA in England. Um, it, it was the best place to start was with your player associations. And some clubs um, with their individual pools of players um, came to, to, I won't say remedies because this is still an ongoing issue, but accommodations, well, we can put it that way, um, to, to either defer or cut wages. Um, Again, it was it was done um, through consultation. Um, unfortunately, here in Canada, um, it didn't happen that way. In fact, it's our information. Um, players didn't know in some cases until an hour beforehand. 
um, after managers were told to assemble their players and make these announcements. Um, we've heard from agents that even uh, front office staff um, weren't notified until one to two hours um, before the announcement came out. So, you know, first and foremost, I answer your question, it's about voice. Um, we, we need space for players to have some input. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be adversarial. Um, it just needs to be um, a transmission of information uh, about what's about to occur in this, this COVID-19 world. Um, but there's a whole bunch of other issues. Um, let, let me be clear, um, prior to COVID-19, this, this, this was well underway. Um, and you know we're not gonna negotiate in public, nor are we gonna air our dirty laundry, but it is a new league. Um, and with any new startup, there's always these bumps and bruises that both the employer and employee, um, uh, they accrue. Um, but, you know, there were issues that players felt could only be best resolved, addressed um, through collective um, voice, not individual voice. Make no doubt about it, a player in any circumstance and employees throughout any part of the economy um, really, they suffer from an imbalance of power. Um, a player by himself or herself just can't simply walk into her um, coach's um, office and try and hammer out some issues that that's affecting her um, conditions. Um, so it's just better to to have an intermediary, um, such as a players union, to to help resolve some of those issues. Um, and largely, you know, the players do recognize um, these are they're, they're mon non monetary items. Um, that's really the driving force. But again, you know, we're, we're not here to, to talk about these things in public, but we do want to signal to people this, this is about voice, um, creating space for players to have some, some input, uh, an opportunity to share some ideas that they've generated on their own to help remedy um, some of these situations. So the idea that having a players union will make the league better has been put out there. What's, what, what do you mean by that, that the league will be better if there's a players' union? Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's an excellent question. And, and, and this is kind of the value proposition that we're trying to bring, um, just not to the league, but to the players themselves. I mean, uh, it, it, what, what it does, um, that being um, a professional footballers association, is that it's, it's the one point of contact um, for league uh, to players. Um, if there are pressing issues around pay packets or other conditions of employment, um, you know, our, our, our staff can sit down with decision makers um, and um, test the ideas that they're, they're putting forward for, for use throughout the league. Um, but moreover, separate from the concerns of clubs, um, it, it, it furthers the ongoing professionalization of players collectively and individually. Um, PFAs are known for um, creating programming that, that provides for um, life during play and after play. Um, we can help with financial management, um, career planning. Um, you know, in, in the view of, of, of PFA Canada, this, this, is, this is one of the driving forces is, is we recognize the, the, the precarious nature um, of, of the work in the Canadian Premiership. And, and we acknowledge that. We know that's a function of economics. Um, it's a startup. Um, but that doesn't hold us back from, from trying to do things in the off-season that keeps players um, working as professionals. Um, so is it improving yourself um, in terms of education programs or, or training programs? You know, as, as we walk down this road of, of, of organizing ourselves, I've already had um, conversations with employers um, about providing perhaps internships where a player could work 20 hours a week and be sponsored for 20 hours of professional training. Um, I've talked to unions um, about apprenticeships. Um, there's a whole bunch of different things that we're looking at. So what, 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 what a PFA, at least in the Canadian context, in my mind, could, could function as is an indirect subsidy to, to club operations. Um, we're prepared to do some of that heavy lifting, um, you know, searching other, other employment opportunities, educational opportunities. Um, what's required is political will to do it. Um, we're hopeful that the league will recognize the value proposition um, that we bring um, to them and to the players. Um, it's about keeping people connected. Um, and again, it, it's about the ongoing professionalization that we desire. Um, look at FIF Pro stands ready to help out. Um, we know there's other clubs that have uh, really good relationships with their with their unions, and we've been in communications with some of those clubs. And and we just want to do things together. It's a, it's a, it's it's a family, really. Um, the, the football world, sure, it can be cutthroat in terms of the economic stuff, but at the end of the day, we're 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 all in it together. 
Okay, so that sort of leads into uh, my next question. Given the precarious nature of, of sport in general, but certainly in the, you know, in the current strange times we find ourselves in, but also with a brand new league that has yet to find its, its footing, um, the idea that having this union and, and having these, these programs for the players, uh, having this really open communication between the, the players and um, the, the, the front office and the owners, that having the union will help to save the league in a sense. And in and, and this case could be very much a reality. Uh, how, you know, playing off of what you just said, how would a union, how does the union help to keep the league going? Oh, that's another great question. Let me let me start with saying this. Um, if you look at the rosters of each CPL club, um, I would I would suggest to you, your your listeners, that we reflect our communities. Um, in fact, we're a good reflection of what the country is. Um, we have um, players whose parents, grandparents, great grandparents migrated to this to this country, um, seeking refuge and opportunity. Um, it, 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 it should be understood that compared to the Canadian Football League, the National Hockey League, um, more like the NBA or, or, or Major League Baseball, you, you, look, you look at the faces of our players and, and that's our country right there. Um, so, you know, our argument to decision makers in Ottawa um, or provincial governments or even municipal governments is we reflect the communities that we play in. Um, we are preparing for um, perhaps the world's greatest sporting event in 2026. You know, at this point, we're going to be co-hosting 10 uh, matches. Um, it, it's important that our community, our communities writ large, are, are reflected on our roster. Um, the CPL is perhaps our greatest tool for Canadian player development. We cannot lose it. Um, these are the arguments that we would bring uh, to Ottawa, to provincial capitals, and to our major cities where our clubs play in. Um, it is vitally important in our view that these clubs are supported, um, just not because we want to make sure we have a good showing in 2026, but also that you know we function as these um, uh, places where communities can work things out together, um, cheer for the same team. Listen, if we're from all these divergent um, communities um, within a larger community, but yet we can send out 11 women and men on a team and work it out together, working towards a common goal. I mean, surely we can inspire the people watching us to do the same. Um, look, tremendous value um, for the Canadian Premiership in terms of um, our community as a whole. We, we, we're that meeting place, that, we're that intersection of economics, race, culture, religion. We can work it out together as 11 people. We can work it out as a community using that same spirit. To me, um, as we prepare um, for, for the World Cup in 2026. It's, it's super important that we have that the best possible team. Um, we wanna make sure that the CPL is there to help put, develop players for that team, but also develop that team that's reflective of all our communities in Canada. Okay, great. Uh, Tony. So Dan, you know, we, we touched on, uh, you touched on just there about, uh, you know, the other professional leagues that are maybe have more of a footing in North America and Canadian Premier League is kind of Canada's despite a long history of pro clubs in, in a number of leagues this is the first time you know a league is trying to be built under FIFA uh, you know their umbrella and that of course that now puts Professional Footballers Association kind of in a a space where it's the first time we've seen this in Canada so did you look to um as, as the union has been evolving, have you looked to the more established North American pro sports or did you look at other uh, professionals, football associations from around the world to uh, uh, kind of build a foundation on? Um, yeah, um, but that's more um, us looking beyond the initial vision. Um, you know, our first step is obviously getting the players together um, and then working our way um, throughout the entire Canadian system. Um, to bring elite players together. Um, but, you know, a little bit, we're, we're, we're looking at a made in Canada um, model, um, drawing on the best parts of um, other associations elsewhere. Um, you know, football is unique. Um, it, it really is, uh, it is a fine line that, that unions have to um, negotiate um, with their employers. Um, there's a tremendous amount of money elsewhere, but it's not here. Um, but 
what is, remains consistent across the board is, is professionalism. Um, and what we're trying to do is right from the get-go is, is inculcate our board of directors and myself and our legal counsel to pursue professionalism in all of our interactions. Um, look at, we're, we're looking at different models. We're, we're trying to take the best what we can um, from other um, models. Um, but what's holding us back right now is, is the lack of, of money. Um, so it's baby steps. Um, we're going to do what we can. Um, you know, prior to the COVID-19 crisis, we were undertaking um, uh, a major fundraising effort. We were trying to involve other players um, and celebrities um, involved with football throughout the world um, to donate, you know, game-worn kits, autograph, you know, replica kits signed for the first team of, of, of well-known clubs. You know, we were planning to raffle them off and hopefully raise a substantial amount of money. Um, and perhaps look at purchasing some of our own extended health benefits. Um, you look, you know, we, we recognize that this is, this is a very young league and, you know, there's only so many dollars to go around, but, you know, players are hardworking. They're, they're not playing this in this league just because they didn't, you know, work hard. They work hard and we're prepared to do that hard work off the field to make sure we take care of ourselves and our families. Um, you know, and a little bit, you know, I guess I probably didn't answer the question um, properly, the, the previous question, you know, how can we save the league? But, you know, we're, we're prepared to do the heavy lifting. And, and we know in this, this new world that we're, we're inhabiting right now, um, it, it's going to require um, ingenuity and creativity. Um, we're willing to put our money where our mouth is. Um, hopefully the league will formally recognize us. Um, we, we hope to work together with the league to go to Ottawa and other provincial governments and wherever um, supports are available um, together. Um, for us, it, it's our belief that, you know, a, a united um, representation to decision makers um, and potential funders, um, how can you resist that? Um, you know, we're, we, for us, it, we can't lose this league. Um, so the role of the union here is, is to really step up and advocate for the league. If we don't have a league, we don't have jobs. Um, and with it, banish um, an opportunity to put on a really good show at the World Cup in 2026. Um, so, you know, we want to be proactive. We've seen in other jurisdictions. Um, so I'll look at the Dutch, um, um, the Dutch um, uh, what they call the, the, the players contract, contract players um, union, uh, rough translation. But basically... Um, they, they sponsor um, uh, out-of-contract players club. And, you know, we'd like to do the same where that, that you know, our, our members who are out of contract, um, they can play lower division teams, um, have eyeballs on them from, you know, just not other uh, CPL clubs, but other other leagues. You know, we'd certainly make sure that MLS or USL clubs, um, even Liga MX clubs knew um, that these games were taking place. It's about serving players. So there's all these different things we can do, but right now, goals to get recognized and then and then utilizing the scant dollars we do have to, to sort of um, direct them to where, where, they're, where they best serve players. As people have listened to this show for a long time, the idea of an out-of-contract uh, team, namely unattached FC, would be uh, tremendously funny to, for people and, and a great thing. But unattached FC, of course, has been like put next to a national team player's names who aren't uh, signed with a club. So that's... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really well, if fun. I can interject really quickly, I do yeah. want to give a shout out to whoever put together the bios on uh, PFA Can's website for having Issy's affiliation be unattached FC. That is brilliant, and it makes me laugh every single time I look at it. Um, yeah, that that was my doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But, but, you know, that, that kind of underscores the importance of a, of, of a players association. You know, that, that is something that our board of directors have, have thoroughly endorsed, um, is any effort that we can make to create an unattached FC, to, to highlight the skills and abilities of our, of our members who, who happen to be at a contract. That, that's what we need to do. Um, this, is, this is about serving players, um, full stop. Um, and, and beyond that, right, you know, our, our, our broader vision is to provide variety of services for out-of-contract players, just not those who um, are, you know, presently attached to clubs, but those out-of-contract and perhaps those who are retired, because our membership's open to retired players as well. Oh, that's so, yeah. great. So we, 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 you know, we, we've talked about kind of 
you know, where, where football is in the landscape of pro sports in Canada, it's always, you know, it's, it's had its struggles, of course. Uh, and, uh, I guess for the PFA in your goal to get, uh, recognition from the, the league itself, how, uh, how important was getting support from FIFPRO? Um, absolutely massive. Um, that, that, look, they, they've been on the, on the leading edge of, of uh, player collective action. Um, they've been able to um, tackle some very tough issues, doping, um, the concussion syndrome, um, women's football in particular um, in recent years. Um, it's, it's a progressive organization. It really reflects its membership and the priorities of football. Um, and the priority of football um, being inclusiveness. Um, FIFA recognizes the value of that. Um, you know, it, 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 we've been able to tackle a number of issues through Thief Pearl's lens, um, racism, sexism, um, all sorts of isms. Um, these are these are good, good social values um, that we'd like to um, transmit um, to our player pool through PFA Canada. Um, you know, Thief Pro, um, much much like other large organizations, um, has a lot of influence, um, particularly through the athlete movement, um, the professional athlete movement. They have a number of strategic um, relationships, even with the NFL Players Association. Um, it, it's, it's just a meeting place um, where information is shared um, and communicated and brought to bear in, 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 in the service of players. Um, at this point, you know, even tonight, uh, 11 o'clock um, Pacific Standard Time, I'll be on, I'll be on a Zoom call with, with FIPRO. Uh, we'll be talking about our progress so far. They've, they've been nothing but absolutely supportive um, we've triggered a substantial grant from them. Um, they continue to check up on us, um, provide us with strategic direction if needed, um, guidance um, if we're hitting a particular roadblock. Um, it, it, it's just absolutely important that Canadian players and those um, internationals who are playing in, in the Canadian Premiership are connected to the broader um, athlete movement um, through FIFA Pro. Um, the support has been phenomenal. So circling back, I mean, I mean, we we just spoke about uh, you know the goal of getting recognition from the league themselves. Uh, to be diplomatic, we we were maybe less so on our past couple of shows. But uh, when um, when the uh, union came out publicly uh, announced your your presence on the scene a couple of weeks ago, the reaction from the league was uh, tepid, I guess to say to be kind. Um, what did you take from their uh, initial reaction? Um, yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it's uncomfortable um, for, for an employer to be confronted um, with uh, the will of its uh, employees wanting to organize themselves into a union. I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, I'm not surprised. And, and look, it, I'm not going to pick on one person. You know, Mr. Clanahan, we know he's from Tim Hortons. We know there's a corporate culture that is, is resistant to um, employees organizing themselves. However, he's at the Canadian Premiership now and, and it's a new day. Um, we hope um, through his own experience, um, uh, working in world football through the CPL and engaging with FIFA um, and other um, stakeholders in the football industry, he's come to see the value of, of, of players' organizations um, and what they can bring um, to a league. To me, it, it, it provides legitimacy. Um, it, it helps the, the ongoing professionalization of the players and the league in, in, in tandem. Um, it's a place for him to communicate um, ideas, um, to test um, a proposition um, in terms of developing the game or even curtailing aspects of the game in, in the case of the 25% of the wage um, deferral. Um, I, I think we were, you know, it, it's gonna be some learnings um, on both sides. Um, we, we're, we're open. Um, we know that we're probably, um, once we're in the room, um, hopefully at the table, not sitting across from each other, but together, um, we'll learn more about the league and how it operates and we'll understand greater, um, about what they're, what pressures they're under. Um, and they'll appreciate more and more as, as, as the relationship grows, um, about our perspective as players. Um, so I, I'm not surprised, but, but, you know, in my experience as, as, as a union representative, um, these are perfectly um, um, normal um, responses. Um, but I do know from my own experience that as, as the relationship grows, there's, there's this mutual trust, um, a feeling of partnership that um, evolves in time. Um, 
we really look forward to working with the league. Um, and I think uh, given the circumstances we find each other ourselves in, um, each other uh, will do nothing but grow together. That's excellent. So on the um, a more positive side of that uh, equation, have you been uh, buoyed by particular support from any area, whether that be fans, uh, industry, or players themselves? Oh, you know, um, th th this is what confirms um, that we're on the right side here. Um, and please, you know, I don't want to characterize this whole thing as an us and them. Um, the effort to establish the PFA Canada is simply a way for us to create space and voice for the players. Um, at no point do we want to come into the room. Um, and again, it's important that we, we, we share this, this vision that, you know, we don't want to sit across from the table. We just want to sit at the table and discuss issues of mutual concern. Um, the, the, the fans, you know, they let's part the fans and the owners aside writ large, you know, and again, I, I love that all-encompassing term, writ large. We're hearing from Canadians overseas, get this done. We're hearing from Canadians playing in MLS, um, USL, um, get this done. Players want to come home and play before their, their, their fellow country people. This, this is so important, right? We've waited so long for this league to come about. And, and now um, people understand in the football industry I would say the vast majority that, you know, a truly professional competition involves a voice, a formal voice and space for players. Um, the players have been absolutely fantastic, just not in the player pool itself, but overseas and throughout North America. You know, we know there's owners who have no problems with this. I'm not going to name names. But look, we have to maintain our professionalism. Their first duty is to the league, but we do know that there are owners who have no problems with this. And the fans, you know, to return to the fans, they've been absolutely, absolutely supportive. I every day will get an email or two. You know, there's a number of um, members of supporter groups who will phone me or text me. Um, you know, did you see this online? You know, I and this is and this is why we want to approach this with such care. Um, you know, we gave the league an opportunity to voluntarily uh, recognize us. We, we don't we don't want to be rejected out of hand and forced into um, a provincial labor relations board to, to fight this out in public. Um, what my fear is that, you know, if, if the league says no, you know, how are the fans going to respond to this? Um, I can say with complete confidence that the fans have not heard one negative thing. You know, even even people that, you know, in a, in a regular sort of union organizing drive who would never give me a sniff, they're even saying, you know, they, they need they need a voice. Um, and that's intensified um, since the Easter Monday announcement of the 25 percent wage deferral. I mean, I, I, we're really grateful to the fans is what I'm trying to say here. Um, the interest is it's, it's been enormous. Um, again, you know, I just want to make sure that we're managing everyone's expectations. Um, Please, you know, supporters who are listening to this, um, let's let's not get too too upset if if the league says no. Let's let's work this out. Um, we want to we want to protect the brand and the brand being the Canadian Premiership. This is our greatest tool to develop talent for World Cup 2026. We need to have a good showing there. Um, and in this this new world, we need professional football to keep our communities together, um, to be reflective of our communities. Um, Looks at I keep referring to you know eleven players working it out of all these different backgrounds coming together in a pitch. Let's model that behavior on the pitch that we want to see in our communities and in our country. Um, I just you know we've got owners who are dedicated to the Canadian project, um, and part of that project is organized sport um, that really reflects our country. And and I would argue to anyone listening um, that our clubs and the Canadian Premiership do that job for us. Tony, Kristen, those were some of the softest softball questions I could ever think of. Dan? Okay. What is your favorite union song, and 
Why is it Duran Duran's Union of the Snake? <laughs> well, back in 1983, um, uh, a, a young woman I had eyes for uh, mm-hmm. was a big uh, Duran Duran fan. Um, I think, weren't they called Duranis? I think they were. I, gonna, I, 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 <laughs> I think you're I, right. I'm not sure. Am, am, I, am, I, am, I aging, am, am I aging everybody on that side of the mic? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. I, I, I can picture the square buttons on denim jackets now. <laughs> so, 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 you know, um, 1983, that was grade nine. Um, and, and again, this, this, this really nice young woman I, I had eyes for was a big Durrani. And, uh, you know, I think it was Seven and the Ragged Tiger, that album. Um, All right, you're nothing. showing off now. Man. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> musical chops here. <laughs> but 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 I must confess that was uh, that was during some uh, serious heavy metal and punk uh, um, moments for me. <laughs> I think there's there's a universal appreciation for the cultural contributions of Duran Duran uh, from that time period. So, yeah, I, I understand. Uh, Tony Kristen, you're, you're embarrassing us. We're sorry. We're sorry. Pick it up. Hard hitting journalism, guys. Please, please let us come back like. next week. We're, 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 we're sorry, Mark. Gosh. This is why we have you on to keep us honest, Mark. Well, you know, I mean, it's not like we can let Granddad Duncan do it. <laughs> um, he's he's going to listen. He'll love it. Um, uh, so, all right. So back back to the serious stuff. Um, I know we kind of touched on it, but but for those who aren't completely the supporters, I should say. Uh, who aren't like they, either they don't know or they have their own interpretation of what a union means as far as their whether it's their bottom line, their viewing experience, their enjoyment of the sport. Why should fans support this union, and why should why should they be emotionally invested? Why should they care? Yeah, that that's a good question, and and, and here's what I would say, um, you know, and like elsewhere in the economy, um, union unions and their collective agreements, they, they often function as a recruitment and retention document, um, a way to attract and keep employees. Um, look, the CPL, it, it appears to me, um, one of their stated goals is obviously um, the development of the Canadian player. Um, now, you know, in the off season, we heard about a new initiative to attract um, young African players. So, it, you know, the emphasis is on development. But, you know, as a, as a Canadian of a certain age, I'm 52 and I've gone through a, quite a bit of World Cup um, qualifying cycles, um, a lot of heartbreak and a lot of CONCACAF upset. Um, you know, we know our international record, but, you know, rather than just being a development league, which is sorely needed, um, I'd also like to become a, a, a destination league where when you come to Canada to play in, in, in the Canadian Premiership, it, it's a good place to play. Um, there's a, a set of minimum standards where everybody knows it's very clear where we're at. You know, anything that you know occurs beyond that minimum standard, that's really up to the player and her agent. Um, that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, you know, so supporting um, the establishment of the PFA Canada, you know, that's that's that part of that ongoing professionalism that we desire. Um, you know, minimum standards. You know sort of a built-in sort of floor that you can't get below. Um, that just tells players that, you know, they mean business. They, that being the, the Canadian Premiership, it, it means business. It's a serious league. Um, and through the union, there's a number of resources that players in any instance, whether it be positive or negative, they, they can avail themselves of it. Um, you know, if there's any sort of um, issue um, in terms of health and safety or contractual issue, it's a place where a player can come to get some support and guidance, maybe take it back to her agent. Um, an agent can call myself and we'll have a chat, you know, and, and, and this is kind of the, the support we've been getting too from is agents, um, you know. Um, they see this as a necessary, I don't say evil, but a necessary function um, in, a, in a fully operating league, uh, professional league. Um, so so for, for fans, if they truly want to play Billy Big Time Football in Canada, um, have, have the union there, the Players Association, um, that truly know the players, uh, understand the circumstances under which they work, um, and are ready to um, address um, any any issue they may have. Um, and in turn, we help keep the best product out on the pitch for their enjoyment, um, for them to rally around. Um, 
these are these are good things um and that's why i would say they should care they should care they want the best possible player just not in best physical shape but best psychological shape you know when he or she gets off the pitch there's 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 things that occur that affect play on the pitch so it's just kind of like a, a, a sort of an added feature that enhances the professional game in Canada. That's fair. No, that, I mean, and it, like I'm, I am not one of the ones that need a hard convincing, but I, I think that's a compelling argument. I think that um, hearing that it's just, if you care about what's in front of you, then you should care about this. And to mm-hmm. me, that's a natural progression. Um, I, I, I hope that, I hope that, those who are either on the fence or somehow against it can at least appreciate and see that side of it, that point of view. Um, so uh, you kind of touched on it in previous comments, uh, previous responses. So once, once the, once everything is a lot, I should, I don't know. I don't know exactly what part of the, uh, when you're established becomes actually established, but like it's the, so is the PFA looking to support, players in the lower leagues like you know like league one uh bc soccer plsq like what what does that look like not even so much timeline but what what does that what does that entail yeah and 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 that's that's the sort of the the broader vision of the pfa canada um look in 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 short if you're drawing a paycheck from football in this country we want to represent you we want to support you um we're we're we're, we're pragmatists. We, we recognize that there's not a lot of money um, in other leagues below the Canadian Premiership. In fact, we know, um, as uh, per Joshua Cloak's um, recent article in The Athletic, um, you know, pay packets aren't that big. We, you know, we know anecdotally um, some of the things that, that, that are, that are um, in a player's pay packet um, in, in the Canadian Premiership. You know, again, I want to stress, we're not going to bargain in public. Um, we're, we're so far at this point in this COVID-19 world from sitting down and talking about a collective bargaining agreement. Right now, the focus is on saving these jobs. But ultimately, once we get past this, and we will get past this, we, we, we will pull out of this. Um, what it looks like, um, we don't know, but that's why we need to work together to identify um, the best tools to get through this together. Um, but again, um, yes, we, we would like to establish a presence um, in the hearts and minds of players in League One Ontario, League One Ontario women in particular, um, this League One British Columbia, the PLSQ. Um, we really hope that there's this, this, this sort of mythical second division um, comes online. And, and really, at the end of the day, right, we know players are going to go up and down the pyramid throughout their career. Um, you know, we shared this with some people close to the league. Our goal is to establish um, a series of contracts um, with clubs in this country um, where a series of accruals, so, you know, like a vacation pay, um, health and welfare benefits, and more importantly, post-retirement benefits, those contributions, those earnings can follow them up and down. So if you're, say, um, uh, in Vaughan, Missouri, um, in League One, um, and you move up to, say, the the Canadian Premiership, and you're playing at York nine and then say, you know, a couple years later, you're down into this, this division two and you're playing for a club there. You know, you're, we, we hope to negotiate contracts that allow you to, to take those earnings and those, those contributions, whether employer or shared contributions to a, a health and welfare benefit plan and a registered retirement savings plan. You can still contribute to that same plan or plans as you go up and down the pyramid. So after a 10 or 12 year um, career playing football in this country, you've got something to fall back on. And at the same time, you're still able to avail yourself of the supports that the PFA Canada hopes to offer in time. So that's that's kind of the broader vision. So yes, we, we are looking to represent players, elite players in this country in, in all the divisions where applicable. Brilliant. Kristen? Well, pl- playing off of that, there's been also mention of national team players being uh, part of the part of the union being represented uh, and specifically the women's team players and we've we've talked about that a lot everywhere in 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 football in Canada about um, the women's team's game and and the the formation hopefully through the campiel of of a women's division um, if the MLS clubs aren't going to bring NWSL to Canada which seems less likely more and more but um that's something that uh 
PFA has really been strong on uh, as part of their messaging that they really want to be involved in not just, um, you know, Canadian players playing in Canadian leagues, but uh, top, top, you know, national team players, but really specifically the women's team players. Can you elaborate a bit more on that? Yeah, yeah. So, so two things. First of all, I can I can confirm that we have been talking to national team players, both at the senior men's and women's levels. Um, I I'm not going to share uh, the nature of those conversations, no, but it not. is with a view it is a view with a view to to them joining PFA Canada. Um, in terms of women's football, um, that that critical second piece. Uh, make no mistake about it. Uh, PFA Canada is absolutely committed to to uh, creating the conditions that will allow um, the emergence of the professional game for women um, to, to come about in Canada. Ideally, um, you know, this, this could occur alongside the growth of the men's game at, at the top tier, um, uh, hopefully through the sponsorship of the Canadian Premiership. Look, um, the CPL has been very good in this department. They, they've got League One Ontario, they bought it, um, and they're, they're supporting that League One Ontario's um, women's division. Um, full credit to them. Um, we, we want to see um, the women's game burst out beyond the borders of Ontario. Um, it's absolutely vital um, that women are a part of this, um, this, this new um, reality in terms of, of, of uh, saving the professional game. In fact, I would argue um, that the COVID-19 uh, uh, crisis has, has afforded us a unique opportunity to, to really look at professional football through a different type of lens. And, and that's more of a cooperative approach. Um, as there's retrenchment um, in all aspects of the professional game, um, and there's a great, great concern for the viability of the women's game, it might be now that we actually look at our strategy um, for saving elite football um, in conjunction with supporting women's football at the same time, creating a similar strategy um, and going forward. I think, you know, Canada's pretty much professional football's final frontier. Um, and this is an opportunity for us to really go, okay, second year CPL, we're not sure if we're going to play it, but maybe in the interim, we can put our heads together and see, okay, you know, when we come back, can can the women come back um, in full force and beyond the borders of Ontario? I mean, these are these are the possibilities we, we need to discuss. Um, you know, again, referring to COVID-19, there's a whole bunch of people talking about what may be in terms of professional football going forward, but it seems to me that nobody's really talking to each other. Um, I think it's just a bunch of... Um, of unknowns um, and I think in the next few weeks we'll probably get some clarity um, and and it, it's possible that we won't play at best um, until September um, and worst case scenario there might not be a season um, and either way to me it's an opportunity to sit down particularly in Canada and, and look at the, the circumstances we find ourselves in and how can we grow both the men and women's game together I mean it would be what to me it would just be a wonderful opportunity to bring the country together when we have um, both the men's and women's games going forward together when we go back to play. But, you know, that's an ideal world. But we, we remain committed to growing um, the women's game. So to that end, uh, will we expect to see um, a professional women, fo you know, female footballer on your board uh, sometime in the future? Oh, well, thank you for asking that question. <laughs> um, I, I can't announce a name right now. Um, we're, we're having a, a conversation inside uh, the PFA, but there's some former uh, national team and professional players who have indicated a strong interest in joining the board of directors. Um, I, stay tuned is, is what I'll say. Um, I hope in okay, the next great. day or so to announce them. Look, at, we, 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 really, we really want to uh, make sure that we, we have fulsome representation and by that, it's 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 gender equity, um, full stop. Um, and and the best part, you know, and you you asked me one of the earlier questions about the, the value of uh, FIFA Pro and our, our emerging, um, our blossoming uh, relationship with them. Uh, they they've identified that as a as a big big priority, um, and that's the advancement of the women's game. And without without any blink of an eye, each of the men, and I underline men, on the board of directors at PFA Canada without a blink of an eye said, get the women in here now. Um, so we, we've opened up those conversations. Um, we've had um, former national team and professional female players reach out to us. We're like, my goodness, let's start talking. Um, we wanna carve out a space for you. So, um, you know, to repeat, stay tuned. Um, some good things are happening. That's fantastic to hear. And I know that many of our listeners will be 
very excited to hear that because there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people who support the women's game and who really are are anxious to see uh, representation and development um, within the country of Canada for that. Um, you mentioned sort of the COVID situation that we're all, you know, existing under right now and in terms of what happens with the league and when the league comes back. Has that been part of the conversations you guys have been having with the players? Like, what are their hopes for this year? Like, do they hope to get back to full games? Are they willing to play closed door games or are they just doing what we're all doing and playing wait and see and who knows? Yeah. Um, the best way to answer that is of course the players want to get out there and play. Um, they would love, they would love to complete a full season. However, um, these, these players are fully, fully aware of health Canada's, um, edicts to stay home, shelter in place, maintain, um, physical distance. Um, they, they, they can read the science. I mean, the people who are communica- communicating um, science and, and the research associated with that science, you know, we're all, we all understand that this is a very serious thing that we've been confronted with. Um, you know, they, they're reading the same reports in terms of a potential um, return to play. Um, there's just so many unknowns. So really, um, it's kind of a wait and see situation. Um, we, we, it could be that the CPL are, are, are looking at different options as well. It could involve um, closed door matches, um, perhaps hubs like the Australian uh, Football League is experiencing, uh, sorry, floated out as a, as a remedy. I'm, I'm not sure if you saw the news yesterday, but the, the, the Australian Rules Football, they're talking about creating hubs um, for players to basically be in quarantine for, I think, up to five months without their families. Um, and, and get it like a 21 week schedule in. Um, I'm not sure if the CPL is looking at that. Um, that well, might Vancouver be Vancouver Island's right there. Yeah, hmm. yeah, but we have restrictions, and, and, and our provincial health officer, Dr. Bonnie Henry, has not given any indication that those restrictions could be lifted to, to facilitate sure. um, mass gatherings. Um, however, we know that Saskatchewan and Manitoba have some form of, of easements. Um, Ontario, it's hard to tell with uh, Premier Doug Ford what he's he's uh, thinking about because that language he uses sometimes a bit confusing. Um, but <laughs> we're confused, you know, <laughs> you know, and and that's not to throw shade on Mr. Ford. This is this is a difficult situation, um, and so we need to get the best available science um, and the best available evidence because as we watch other countries um, ease up, um, we'll we'll get more information from their their results um, and. You know, this, these are things that we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, what I'm hoping for, though, um, in the event, if we do play or not, that there's a place for the players to have a voice in all of this um, through the PFA Canada um, and our player leaders. Um, we want to be armed with the best possible information. Um, whatever path we pursue, we, we, we'd like to do it with, with information, sound, credible information. Um, and, and that way we can work together and, you know, plan for whatever outcome may be. Great. Right before we recorded this show, before we, when we knew we were recording the show and that you were coming on, we'd sort of put the word out. You know, does anyone have any questions? And and most of what we got was just positive response. Yay, you guys are having this conversation, and we're looking forward to listening. And we did get one really important question uh, thrown at us, and that is, when is there going to be PFA merchandise available? <laughs> Scarf? 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 Uh, scarf? Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, uh, and you scarf? think we're kidding about this, but we're not. Um, I'm in for scarf. Oh, okay. And, uh, put me down for two scarves. Okay. Um, so, yes, this this is a conversation uh, that we've actually um, had. Um, Good. Uh, so so we are we are looking seriously at that. Um, but, you know, before I go on, let, let me say this, and, and this is kind of um, illustrates um, the, the depth of support we're enjoying amongst the supporter community. There, there's a fellow um, out in Victoria, Xavier Ouellette. He's uh, with the Lakeside Boys, but one of his hobbies is, is designing alternative kits and badges. He does amazing stuff. Yes, he You does. know the fellow. Um, oh, yeah. Xavier, yeah. it's just oh, so good. Um, an absolute, absolute gentleman. Um, and just just loves the sport and, and loves everything that occurs on and off the pitch. But I, 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 this is, this is just such a great time to actually, to recognize them. Um, that logo that, that you see um, for PFA Canada, 
that that's uh, that's Xavier's work, and and we're yes. we're really really pleased um, with his work, and uh, you know we we were forced to roll out a little bit quicker than than we anticipated, um, and so he he hasn't got uh, um, proper acknowledgement, um, and and he hasn't been forgotten, and he won't be forgotten once we get through all of this, but uh, you know we we've got something special planned for Xavier, um, but we just want to say that that logo is fantastic work. Um, and we're really, really grateful for his work. Um, check out his work online, um, you know, seek him out on Twitter. I know you're familiar with his work, but uh, it, what he did for us was, was absolutely phenomenal. So yes, we, we, are, we are looking quite seriously at uh, getting some scars and, and some tees um, ready yes. for, for distribution. So, oh, yes. um, you know, if, 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 you know, if you're able to, to uh, conduct an informal survey of what kind of response we get, that we'd, we'd be appreciative of that. And then, We'll, we'll look quite seriously at, at getting those things done up because uh, this 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 is this is all about all of us, right? You know, nothing would give me greater pleasure than than you know wrapping a scarf around Commissioner um, Kleinahan's neck and and my putting the CPL um, scarf around my neck. We got to we got to do this together. Um, in my short 52 years, mm -hmm. I've I've not seen anything like this. As a youngster, I went through the the, the, the recession of um, you know late 80 81 devastating for my part of British Columbia, forest sector, uh, fisheries, mining, um, you know, then the, the recession of, of the early 90s, uh, tough, tough times, right? Um, and then the economic meltdown of 2008, 2009. Um, but what we've got coming around the corner, this, this is, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what to say. But I, I do know that, uh, it's best that we model the behavior we want to see throughout the entire country. That's collaborative work, um, doing things together, um, allowing our best and brightest to come to the top and create the solutions that we can all explain to one another and understand um, and buy into and, and make sure we get through all of this together with sport, with sport, but our communities intact as well. Well, that's great. Is there Anything else that you wanted to to let us know before we before we say thank you and farewell? Well, you know, um, we just want to let everyone who's listening, um, our door is open. Um, if there's going to be any um, conversation, public conversation um, about the intent and purpose of the PFA, you know, go to our website, read it. We feel it's pretty clear. Um, if there's anything that, that you don't understand or need further clarification, send me an email. Um, I respond to emails on a regular basis. Um, we, we're an open, transparent organization. This is player-driven. Um, this is about growing the game. This is not about taking away from owners. Um, we, we recognize that the owners are involved in other areas of the economy, but you know we're not looking at the, the, the CPL table um, and looking beyond that table. Um, no. This is about the CPL table and growing the professional game. We're very, very grateful for the investments that these community leaders have, have made um, in the CPL. Um, it's taken a long time. Um, they have a plan. Um, but there's some things that we need to talk about from the player's perspective. And what we ask for in terms of um, space and a voice to articulate our concerns, um, generate amongst ourselves ideas we think that will grow the professional game, just give us that place. Um, we're, we're, we're vital stakeholders and willing partners. And it's our interest, all of our interests, that we save this league um, going forward in these very uncertain times. That's fantastic. Uh, well, I think that, unless, Dan, do you have any questions for us, your, uh, your, your podcast friends here? Well, you know, you, you asked me about my football team, and clearly I'd like to repeat it as much as I can. It's Ajax, but um, <laughs> who, who, who's your team? Non-North non American team, or? That's a good start. <laughs> well, you have two Spurs fans on this podcast. That'd be mm. myself and... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was the best response. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Some, somewhere right now, Duncan is laughing his ass off. Oh my God! Uh, I, well, I guess I, I guess that ends a beautiful friendship that Tony and I had started with Dan here. I I I I with some respect. I mean, look at the the history between Tottenham and, and Ajax is 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 uh, 
it's a pretty good relationship. It is, um, yeah. And and it's based on 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 you know areas of the cities that they inhabit. Um, yeah. Mokum is is well known as the Jewish quarter um, in Amsterdam, as with Tottenham, um, the Jewish quarter in, in London. Um, but my 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 resentment, um, for lack of a better description, is their annual um, raid on my club. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wish we so had that we kind thank of money. you. <laughs> and if you only had something to show for that, Kristen, yeah. only... shut up, Marcus. I mean, I mean, look what they do. Go put your Chevrolet kit on. Oh, that's, that's uh, I'm I'm a Man United supporter. I'm not a complete jerk about being a Man United supporter. I understand that's a thing, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, and and then anything with the word Hamilton associated, I'm the support of that too. So, yeah, uh, well, uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, look, yeah. look, look for the industry, Dave. I, I I guess I'm a I'm, I'm a bit of a classic neutral, um, but I but I am quite partial um, to to the spirit of certain clubs um, and their communities. And for me, um, I've always been a fan of Liverpool. Uh, that goes back to my early NESL Whitecaps days um, when uh, Peter Beardsley and Bruce Grobler made their way over there. Oh my um, gosh, fair. And That's fair. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and look at just just good managers in terms of, of, of their place in the community. Bill Shankly in particular, um, always on the side of working people. Um, that ethos has always been transmitted through the club. Um, and then a, another, another favorite, uh, those wonderful people up in Newcastle-upon-Tyne. Um, that, that spirit at St. James Park, just uh, unbelievable, just good, hardworking people, um, you know, weathered many storms, um, economically and socially, um, their club up and down, um, but fantastic football always, always, always. Um, and I always look for those, those discrete details in a club, you know, their place in the community. And, and, and that's, that's what I want to see happen for the Canadian premiership, you know, it, it, there's no reason why, you know, FC Edmonton can't be club of the North, right? Um, you know, York nine, really, um, that's the front lines of, 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 of the fight for Canadian soccer sovereignty. Um, you know, when it's pitted against, um, MLS, um, TFC, um, for me, you know, I think it's absolutely critical that York nine have the best possible season on a consistent basis. Um, like if we can just tie these, um, communities, um, to their clubs, and, and which is which is occurring, um, you know. And, and, and a funny piece for the is is the death of Yorkie. I mean, it, that's galvanized <laughs> me. I, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I I hope Yorkie does a tour when we get back. I I, I want my picture with Yorkie. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's weirdly become a celebrity in the most it, uncelebrity type way. Absolutely, and isn't that so Canadian? Understated, right? Understated. Um, yes. And it, I mean, but it gives us. He showed sorry. up. It was like what. What is this? And then he left. It's like, why is he gone? It's yeah. Like, you were mad when he showed up. And you were even more angry when he left. It's like, yeah, that sounds like us. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, so so I have great hopes. And, and and what I like about what Pacific's doing out here in Vancouver Island, right? They have this tremendous opportunity to, to tap into a hundred years plus of of footballing history on the island. Like organized football on the island is is it's massive. It's kind of like that hidden history um, that that has yet to be uncovered and shared. Um, you know, just off Vancouver Island is a, is a, is a First Nations community, and Namgus people. Um, they live on Cormorant Island, um, connected to the island through a ferry um, at Port McNeil. Um, that derby, um, Alert Bay Reds, Alert Bay Cormorants. Um, it, it's massive. Uh, you know, one of the big events in the North Island is, is Alert Bay Sports Day, and that that annual match between those clubs. It's massive. And, and interestingly, it produced one of the very few Indigenous players that we know of to play professionally, uh, Kevin Wasden, who unfortunately passed away in, in a car accident. He would have been the same age as me. Um, tremendous athlete. Um, he played in the old CSL for Victoria, London. Um, you know, wow, the lasers. Yeah. Damn. I mean, these, these are the possibilities and the potential, the promise that the female offers, right? You know, and I'm, I'm a bit of a on, a on a soapbox here, right? But I, I, I really hope that Pacific, Robin, Josh, and, and Mr. Shillington um, really take the opportunity to, to, to forward reconciliation through the inclusion of Indigenous players in football, um, tapping into those histories. You know, it's a shame, you know, just kind of my last comment that, you know, in Canada, there's only been two 
sort of known um, professional indigenous footballers. Um, Terry Felix back in the early 80s with the Whitecaps, Kevin Wozden in the old CSL. Um, I can only think of one in the MLS, and that's Chris uh, Wondolowski. Um, I'm sure there's a few in, in Liga MX, but if we look at football the way it's going in this in, 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 in this continent, you know, from Nunavut to Chiapas, you know, um, where's indigenous people in all of this? This is this this it's an untapped um, pool of potential. But the athletes are there. We just have to go and get them and 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 welcome them on our terms as well, right? Because that's what reconciliation is all about. True, absolutely. All right. Well, I think that is a fine note to end up on, because um, that's really what all of this is about: is you know coming together. So. Yeah. We really want to thank you, Dan, for, for joining us and for coming on here and speaking so openly. And, uh, you know, even though you've had to deal with uh, unknowingly two Spurs fans um, and <laughs> really just we, we really appreciate the conversation. And we have, you know, we're, we're obviously this is something that we're very supportive of, but we really appreciate being able to talk to somebody directly involved and to really have an opportunity to to get that information out to people that interact with us and that listen to us and and to show our support um, because we feel it's important, but also to to get some you know some real answers about certain things that people are curious about. So again, our thanks for for spending uh, this time with us. You're very welcome. We really appreciate the opportunity to share our vision. Well, you are welcome back anytime. So keep that in mind. Um, Thank you. That, uh, that is our show this week. And join us next week for a less serious show, uh, the return of the Belarus Premier League wins and losses. Finally. We're, I know. Uh, we'll look ahead to the return of the Bundesliga. Weird. And <laughs> I know, I know. Who are these weird startup leagues? Ugh. And then uh, whatever else happens to be going on, uh, either in MLS, national sport, uh, KPL, who knows? Yeah, yeah exactly. K League, good point. Forgot about the K League. Oh, uh, there's so much. So much to talk about. Uh, I have been joined by most of the vocal, vocal minority podcast panel uh, out there on the Twitters uh, at KitNerdMark with a K, not a Q, Mr. Mark Hinckley. My biggest takeaway is that they're scarves, so I'm happy, yo. Yes. Uh, out there on the tweet machine at MalarkyFC, Mr. Tony Walsh. Duncan's not here, so I can say hello as my goodbye. <laughs> In his face. Uh, Sorry, Dan. Actually, I should have checked with you. Are you on the Twitters? Can people reach you out on uh, on the Twitterverse? You can at Canada underscore PFA. Oh, so that is you behind the uh, behind the league's Twitter. Okay, I was going to ask. Excellent. The Talk to Dan. Not the league's Twitter. The union's Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, thank you. That's what I meant. Um, terrible, Kristen. Bad job. Anyway, yes, yeah, so that's good to know. So Dan is uh, Kanda underscore PFA out there on the Twitterverse. Thank you again, Dan Crook. Thank you. Ex Executive Director of the Union. As for me, you can find me on the internet. Yes, the entire internet at KZ Knowles. I have been your host, Kristen Knowles. And until next week, Kanda, get used to it.